0: week's episode is definitely going to be short. That's the theme. That's the ongoing theme of these coming months. This is what happens when you're an expectant father and working your butt off. But we're still going to do it. So get ready, tighten your seatbelts. You, Welcome to the show. It is Tuesday, March 5th, 2019. It's March already. I remember last year when we hit March and I thought, holy crap, time is just whizzing by. And I think the reason why is because February is so short. And I'm sorry about that, Maddie. Of course, my my cousin Maddie, uh, well, my wife's cousin Maddie, my cousin Maddie. Whatever, it's all family, right? Uh, her birthday is uh, that famed leap year day. So her birthday came up, but I like I texted her and I was like, you know, I, I would wish you a happy birthday, but I forgot this is the part where the world stiffs you and you don't get a birthday. So so happy unbirthday, Maddie, uh, for what it's worth. Because you got no birthday half the time. It's so weird. You, you have no birthday. I don't know how you go in life. Without having a birthday, this girl's done it for years. So last last weekend, uh, I had a little une- unexpected turn of events. Uh, I started, uh, with my wife's grandfather's help, uh, started tearing up our bedroom. So like my bed got deconstructed, uh, everything got moved out of the bedroom, we started tearing up the floors we didn't get as far as we thought we were going to get. So now, my bedroom has pretty much a giant gaping hole into my crawl space. That that's not that's not new. That's not um that's not a new theme. I've been through that before. This very office remained a gaping hole for a good long time. Cause this was my first room that I ever did the flooring in. Anyway, this first time I ever did flooring. This was the learning curve room, right here. It stayed barren the longest. But uh, we didn't get as far as we thought we were gonna get. So uh, the last couple days, my my wife and I have been sleeping uh, on the couch, which thankfully. Many months ago, when we bought the new uh, di- or living room f- furniture, when we bought that stuff, we bought big, comfy furniture. There might have been ulterior motives to that. I don't think I need to dive into details for you guys. It's called when your wife locks the bedroom door because you've made her angry. She says, you're not sleeping in the bed tonight. And you're like... Okay, well, at least you know the couch is comfy, you know it's not terrible, you know okay, so that wasn't that wasn't an actual ulterior motive. My wife doesn't really lock me out of the bedroom. we don't we don't go through spats like that. All married couples do though, so even when it does happen on the I can count on the amount of times on my hand when I had to sleep out on the couch, the amount of times that it happens is, is uh minimal, but at least it's comfy. At least it's comfy, but but not being without a... Not being... Being without a bedroom is frustrating in a rancher. If you if you guys ever get into a home project... I mean, like, I encourage that. I say if you want to learn how to do something to your home, construction-wise, anything... The, the more that you can learn and do yourself, uh, the better. Because then you can do it. You can take pride in the work you're doing. You can actually actively play a role in fixing your house... It'll make you feel good it, it might frustrate the hell out of you And it might make a flooring project That you thought was going to be one summer Go way longer than expected But still do it It is cheaper You can take more sense of a pride You'll learn something You will be able to sustain something yourself You won't always have to make that phone call And get a contractor in to do it You know, If you, if you know what I'm talking about Those are great things to do You might, however, want to make sure you have the space to do it. Because this three-bedroom rancher... Let me tell you. When I decide to do a project in a room... Everything goes out of that room and goes in the other two rooms... Making the other two rooms thus unusable. And oh my god, it is frustrating. But that's my problem. That is my problem to deal with and luckily... Sooner rather than later, before this baby comes, I'll be damned. It'll be done. It will be done. That being said, I had this funny revelation while I was at work. I bought this pack for for this project when I was at Home Depot. I bought all the subfloor panels that we were going to use, the, that we were going to replace the subfloor with. Um, which you know it's it's like three quarters of an inch uh o s b particle board you know glued together it's very sturdy crap um way sturdier than the half inch plywood from the nineteen fifties that they used to build this house. I don't know how you people lived back then after buying all that I bought a pack of of gloves like work gloves, and it was like three gloves bundled together like nine ninety nine you know ten dollars for three gloves that's that's a good deal. I bought that. I uh, grabbed the yellow pair. It was a red pair, a yellow pair, and a uh, gray pair. I grabbed the yellow pair. I throw them in my lunchbox for work. Uh, and for those of you who like, if this is your first time listening to the program, or you just don't know, I work at a prison. So you know, having gloves for pat downs and searching and stuff is important. So I, I threw those in my lunch bag. i like, I'll, I'll take them to work. They'll be my work search gloves. My my, my new pair or whatever. And uh, I'm at work. I pull them out of my lunch bag, throw them in my uh, you know, cargo pocket on my pants. And then I actually go to put them on to do a, to do a pat search. And uh, I put on the left glove and then I grab the other glove and I try to put it on my right hand until I realize that it was another left glove. I got gypped. I got gypped on a... $10 three-pack of gloves with one shot pair because they're both lefty hands. Kind of sucks. Somebody said, just take them back to Home Depot and then get a swap out. And I'm like, ah, I don't, I you know, I don't know. If I go back and I grab my, my receipt or whatever, I got the receipt emailed to me anyway. Thank God for technology. got the email rece- uh, email receipt emailed to me. Maybe I will, maybe I'll just, you know, take it up as L, whatever. I don't really care. The only thing I care about is finishing the freaking floor. That's what I care about, which this Friday should be done because I've pretty much gutted it down and got up all the subfloors. Now all you need to do is cut down and lay down the new stuff, uh, seal off any cracks or gaps with the uh, magical... Great stuff foam Cut it down And then lay down the laminate panels And then the baseboards, quarter rounds And everything will be done And I can Throw my bedroom back in there After my wife picks the colors and paints it So that's that's the plan for Friday We're going to see if that works If it doesn't work I guess there's always the next Friday too right? Whew. But I can tell you this much if I have to stay on the couch that much longer, as comfy as it is, I will throw the bed into the living room. I do not care. I don't care. If that's how it has to be, that's how it has to be. I don't care. I love my bed. And my bed is actually old. My bed is actually old. It's it's probably like as old as, almost as old as uh, my wife and I's marriage. So it's, it's going to hit 10 years soon. And uh, the nice thing about it, though, is I have one of those, like, big inch and a half, maybe two inches of memory foam topper on it. And that is, let me tell you, that is comfy shit. That has been the difference maker in the whole thing. So while I was uh, tearing up my flooring, too, I, I, w- I was listening to podcast. It's a great way to uh, it's a great way to to burn some time, or at least have some entertaining thing to listen to in the background. Sometimes an informative, educational thing to listen to in the background. Uh, my buddy Brian Nichols of the Brian Nichols Show had an interview with a self avowed Democratic socialist, and he uh, he asked his listeners to send in questions. And the first question he asked was actually from from me That he asked the gentleman uh, I asked why he thought uh, Democratic socialism And the idea of having more government power Involved in various aspects of our lives Is better Why it's better to elect the right people to that power Than to constrict the government power uh, Because I'm always skeptical of government power I always think that people look at the argument the wrong way We always hear that We just gotta elect the right people in office But I always, I always Have that, that caveat of You know if the power's there And the wrong person gets in What do you do then It becomes an uphill battle That's, that, it, all, all the If any progressive is listening to this right now If anybody on that left side That totally Is afraid of Donald Trump Is listening right now I mean, honestly, tell me that's not how you feel about Trump. I think it's ridiculous that you think that way about Trump, but that's must, that must be how you feel. And if you feel that way about Trump, why would you not then attack the fact that he can have such a power that you believe he has, even though he does not? Even though that some of the things that we hear in the media constantly about this are... Trumped up as it were <laughs> I can't believe that that works That worked before he was even president But I'm very glad that Brian asked uh, What was the guy's name Keith Rubino who is a He was a former Candidate In New York And still a self-avowed Democratic socialist and working on Bernie Sanders 2020 campaign and all that jazz So he's he, he's on that spectrum Of where I would vehemently Disagree with him on a lot of how things should get done but his response was actually pretty interesting. And I never thought that a democratic socialist would say that they believe that government power does need to be constricted in certain areas. I did not expect that. Um, and rather than like play a clip or, or tell you what his response was, I just want to tell you, go on your... Podcasting platform, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify uh, or Google Play, uh, what what means have you? I believe the Brian Nichols Show uh, is a very is available on all those platforms, and uh, search for We Are Libertarians as well, because you can find that on the network as well. But go listen to the episode, uh, which is I don't know if it has an episode number per se, but it was posted up. On uh, Thursday last week And it is Actually, it does have a number It's uh, episode 57 Ask a Democratic Socialist with Keith Rubino Definitely, I think that's a must-listen to Podcast episode Not only just for hearing the perspective Of this self-avowed Democratic Socialist So that you can get His perspective on things But the fact that Brian Uh, drives a a discussion-based dialogue that, I mean, at times did get a little heated and debate-ish, but mostly was just a platform for hearing from Keith Rubino. And I have to give props to Brian Nichols for that. Absolutely. I think that we need a lot more of that going on versus what we have. Uh, What we have right now, and... uh, I talked a little bit about it last week, I think, when I was mentioning uh, another Twitter friend, Josie the Redhead a Libertarian, who is a contributor at The Federalist, writing articles and such, that, uh, that people are too... It's its too much a soundbite world. Um, it's too much of... Uh, I want to hear a 30-second clip or a minute-long clip or or watch a minute-long clip. And that's it. People think that you can get substance... ...in shorter bursts of time. And that's just not the case. That is not the case whatsoever. You actually need to... ...put in a lot of time. Whether it's actively listening. There's a difference too, mind you. When I say listen to podcasts... ...I don't mean just throw it on in the background... ...and like pay attention at keywords and stuff. I mean active listening. You turn on that podcast, it has... Maybe not 100% of your focus, but it definitely has a larger percentage of your focus to where you're actively listening to it and understanding the content that's coming through. And you throw that out there, and how many people are doing that? You would think a lot with podcasts being so popular, with podcasts being a big deal and a big thing, You would think that But a lot of people just throw them on in the background As as background noise And they don't get the substance out of it If you're not getting the substance Then why are you even consuming it? Why are you even listening to it? Why are you even watching it? And why are you even reading it? How many people pick up a book And read it to not Process the information that's in it? I don't know anybody that just reads a book to, To read words on a page you know what I mean it's just like the other y- yesterday on Twitter there was a twitter account <clears throat> I won't get into tags or anything uh but the gentleman who is in the avatar wearing a bow tie um shared uh d- um a a friend of mine's uh selfie on Twitter they took a selfie uh wearing a tank top that had uh Lincoln on it uh I'm not I'm not sure it looks like it's uh it's Lincoln on it and it says in spirits we trust so it's got to be alcohol related anyway but she took a selfie uh wearing a tank top and she wrote I want summer back please that was her tweet and this dude uh tweeted or retweeted it, quote tweeted it so that everybody could see it, and wrote quote "It's disappointing how many libertarian women take the take high contrast photos of their ass while holding a rifle or otherwise sell their sexuality for internet attention from equally disappointing drooling men children period. I hope that's how he sounded to him. It is disappointing how many libertarian women take." High contrast photos of their ass, while holding a rifle or otherwise sell their sexuality for internet attention from equally disappointing, drooling men and children. And if you're one of those people who would, I don't know, post on her picture, great pic, or, <laughs> or, you know, say, you know, I don't know, read the contact of the tweet and say, you know, oh yeah, I wish Summer was back too. Um,. And rather than, I don't know, realizing that people's social media accounts are uh, social media accounts and that they have personalities and that they do stuff and uh, that they don't just stick to politics all the time. You know, politics, politics, politics. Stand-up philosopher. I didn't get the point of the tweet other than... Look at me! Pay attention to me! Look at me! Everybody look at me! Pay attention to me! I'm saying high-class, high-brow things. Aren't I amazing? He was sad. And he, was, he wasn't he was just saying it against this person, too. He was saying it among other high-up-there, libertarian, women-ish accounts. Like, uh, not women They are <laughs> Oh, God. I'm opening a can of worms here. Let's just... Let's just scale back. He said this alluding to other women Libertarian accounts who occasionally post a selfie of themselves because God forbid you do that. And these are all prominent. Josie the redheaded Libertarian was one of them. Uh, Dynamite Redder, Riley, was another one. There was a, a ton of them. I follow a ton of these women because they are outspoken on their libertarianism, on being those women who are different from just the carbon copy cut. You know, more progressive agenda. These women speak out against abortion and they speak out against that that section of Planned Parenthood. You know, and these are women who. Are really, you know, the bold, empowered? They're not the diehard feminist women that just fit into the giant group over there that's making signs about Orange Man bad and and things of that nature. That's what that's what Twitter becomes. <laughs> that's what Twitter becomes. It becomes a uh, uh, look at me fast. From From other people, over nothing, he got a lot of attention that was probably his ulterior motive and is was getting attention. so I can't I can't speak highly on that, but that's the stupid stuff that you run into. All right? You run into a lot of stupid stuff uh, on the internet. You can find uh, news articles about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez uh, not following her Green Deal by being in a minivan that gets 17 miles uh, to the gallon uh, in New York or whatever. And, and her little uh, fight backs against that or the fact that there's news articles on The Hill posted about how Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's mother, who moved from New York to escape taxes uh, and, and moved down to Florida... And how her mother wants her to to find a husband and get married soon. That's news. And then you also get little clips like this from Alexandria. Well, I think, you know, you hear the president say, no collusion, no collusion, no collusion, right? He's always talking about the focus on the relationship between his campaign and Russia, which is uh, the the scope of that investigation is under the House Intelligence Committee as well as several other investigatory bodies. So while he's talking collusion, 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 I think in oversight, we should be talking about taxes, 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 and his bank account, his bank account, his bank account, his financial statements, 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 um, because that's where I think actually some of the most troubling practices are with direct relevance to the American people uh, under the scope of oversight like I didn't understand a word of that like yeah Trump always talks no collusion no collusion no collusion because all the left can talk about is collusion 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 so many people are just talking about I can't wait till Mueller uh, comes out with the investigation I can't wait till this gets revealed I can't wait I can't wait I can't wait when it's gonna be nothing like, if anybody gets in trouble, it won't be Donald Trump. It'll get pinned on somebody else. And it won't be anything that we don't already know, okay? The hearings with Michael Cohen, what was that, last week? Biggest waste of time, energy, and money ever. Why? Why Why do you want to believe Michael Cohen? He worked for Donald Trump, number one. So to work for Donald Trump, who is supreme douchebag to you guys, right, that would have to make Michael Cohen also an extreme douchebag. If he was dirty as hell working for Donald Trump, why would he be any better now? Why do you think he's just falling on the sword? Why? Why? And what was revealed in his hearings? Nothing. Nothing that wasn't already known about this man or this case a year ago. Nothing. Nothing. It was more political theater and a circus from both sides of the spectrum. Both Democrats and Republicans. Oh yeah, and by the way, a hell of a lot of your taxpayer money got wasted on a televised circus. That is what happened at the Michael Cohen hearings. Nothing of substance, nothing new revealed, nothing, wow, explosive, this is what's going to get Trump. And when you become obsessed with trying to find the thing that'll get Trump, it makes people look at you like you're crazy. It does. That's what I believe. It's truly what I believe, because instead... Of having Alexandria Ocasio Cortez have clips like this, which was ridiculous. I mean, ridiculous to the max. Instead of that, you have um, talking heads of politics: Mark Levin, Seb Gorka, um, Mark Mark Levin, Seb Gorka, Sean Hannity, uh, probably a host of others tearing into Rand Paul, who is voting against uh, Donald Trump's emergency declarations uh, for trying to reallocate money for the border wall. And, uh, you know, oh, people are like, why is Rand Paul doing this? Why is Rand Paul uh, constantly about himself and the attention? Why does Rand Paul get in the way of progress for the nation? This is what... um, this is what conservative talking heads are saying. Mark Levin, Seb Gorka, Bill Mitchell, uh, uh, and a host of others are, are tearing into Rand Paul for standing up for his principle. Rand, Rand Paul says at least 10 other GOP senators are going to vote against Trump's emer- emergency declaration. <clears throat> Some people are arguing that the Congress expressly gave these, this emergency power to the president to use and that it's lawful. Again, this is a dumb argument to have of whether or not it's lawful. It's the principle of the matter. You all did not like emergency power under Barack Obama because you were afraid of Barack Obama because Barack Obama was ruining the nation. But now that Donald Trump has the emergency power, he should use it, right? He knows better. Now, I can't think of a situation where emergency power went sour, where it went the wrong way.
1: It is with great reluctance that I have agreed to this calling. I love democracy. I love the republic. The power you give me, I will lay down when this
0: crisis has awaited. Nope, never. Never knew uh, an instant where uh, it went badly. I mean, yes, that was a a fictional example, but I'm just saying. Uh, This is where we are, though. Let's rip apart Rand Paul for trying to restore order to the Constitution... Yeah, the the, the, uh, the Congress gave that power to the uh, president to declare emergencies, what some people might say, or what other people might say. The Congress got lazy and didn't want to take on the responsibility, so they gave it to the president so that it could be on the president so that they could use it as a political tool. Ooh, could be that. But to say that Rand Paul is alone in his stance, he is not alone in his stance on that, I would like to present to you part two of somebody against Donald Trump and the emergency powers.
1: We have a system of separation of powers under our Constitution. The legislative branch, Congress, handles legislative powers. And this is something that we've had uh, going through Congress for the past several years. There's been discussions about a uh, border wall or fencing. We've passed appropriations bills. The president has signed the bills. He hasn't vetoed the bills. So if he wanted to uh, say that there was a crisis, he could have vetoed the legislation. He's never vetoed appropriations legislation, and now he wants to declare an emergency to do something that Congress has already debated and discussed.
0: That was Justin Amash, and in that same interview, he was asked a certain question about uh, 2020.
1: I'd never rule anything out. Uh, that's not on my radar right now, but. Uh, I think that it is important that we have someone in there who is presenting a vision for America that is different from what these two parties are presenting. Uh, Right now we have uh, a wild amount of partisan rhetoric on both sides, and uh, Congress is totally broken. We can't debate things in a clear way anymore. Everything has become, do you like uh, President Trump or do you not like President Trump? And I think that we need to return to basic American principles. Talk about what we have in common as a people, because I believe we have a lot in common as Americans, and uh, try to move forward together rather than uh, fighting each other all the time.
0: Justin Amash, of course, is a uh, Republican representative from uh, Michigan, and uh, he has been in office since 2011. Now, uh, since these revelations have come out about uh, his being open to uh, not ruling out a third-party run for the presidency of the United States, a lot of people have asked, is this the time for Justin Amash to flip the script, declare himself a libertarian, go down to the libertarian convention, and try to secure the libertarian nomination for president of the United States? And people are asking, "Is is this a good time for him to try this? is uh is could that possibly be political suicide for Justin Amash and what i have come to find or what i come to believe at least anyway and follow my logic here Justin Amash is very much a constitutionalist guy he understands the constitution he knows the constitution he knows the law he's very smart when it comes to that uh he's not biased by any means uh, because he's called President Trump and his own party out time and again for when they've been hypocritical. Uh, Justin Amash also would believe in something like term limits, uh, for the House of Representatives and the Senate. That's something that Justin Amash has talked about before, and if he practices what he preaches, if he's been in since 2011, he might think that it's time to you know respectfully. Bow out of that position And not run again And if he's not running again Let me ask this Is it political suicide if a guy isn't really interested In being a career politician Per se uh, And Decides he isn't going to run again For his position Thus trying to run For President of the United States As a third option uh, Outside of we don't even have the candidates right now. You have Bill Weld declaring himself as a Republican with an exploratory committee to try to primary Donald Trump. Uh, you have literally every Democrat known to man in the Democratic race, including, I forget his first name, but uh, former Governor Hickenloper just declared yesterday uh, in a field that has like 250,000 candidates. So I, I, it's going to be interesting debates coming up. Uh, from all those candidates, I can't believe that the Democrats are going to have uh, a big, a big debate table, a kitty debate table, a curtain jerker to the kitty debate table, and possibly an online live stream of the other f- f- mess of candidates that they have. But would Justin Amash be committing political suicide? Hmm. I honestly don't believe he would. In fact, I would think that's a bold move for a guy that has literally nothing to lose. Not only that, but if Justin Amash declared for the Libertarian candidacy and won the Libertarian candidacy, I don't even have to think about who I'd vote for. Would not have to think. I would call up the LP, I would call up Justin Amash's people, and I would go to bat- for Justin Amash, Justin Amash or bust, because either way we're screwed. Might as well give it, give this a shot. Because either way we are screwed. Hillary Clinton came out the other day and said that she is not running, but she's still doing what she loves and what she thinks is right and yada yada. She's running. Shut up. No, tell me you're not running. Just because you drew a hell of a lot of ire and Democrats. Hate you now. Hate you. Virtually hate you. The Democratic Party is so split and rift. There's so many people that hate Hillary Clinton on that side right now that they probably would, like, pitchfork, you know, and uh well, what, what am I thinking? Uh, torch and pitchforks. If she did declare right now, I'm not ruling her out. I'm really, I'm not ruling her out. If Bernie's going, if Biden's going, if Hickenloper's going, I mean, Hickenloper, now anybody can go. If you think you can get far with a name like Hickenloper, my God. My God. But these are things to keep in mind, guys. And Justin Amash, I, I sincerely hope that uh, if if he's considering not staying in his position in the House of Representatives, which I think is an important... I think he's an important voice. But on the principles of, you know, term limits and things like that, if he's thinking that it's time to bow out uh, from that position and he's not a career politician and he doesn't want to be a career politician, I have to give him kudos for that. And I can't fault him for wanting to take a shot uh, that would probably be the only shot he would take. And uh, you would think in 2016 that the the field didn't seem... It it seemed as though the field couldn't get more ripe for that libertarian third-party candidate... But clearly while there was a big bump up in it, like near 5 million votes, that's that's a huge... What Gary Johnson did with that was uh, pretty impactful. It was underwhelming for what we wanted, but it was still on the grand scale of things pretty impactful. I would say if 2016 the field wasn't ripe, it's probably more ripe now because both extreme sides have become too extreme. So so extreme that it makes those of us that want sensible solutions and want, you know, actual progress to be made, uh, we're frustrated and we're tired by this. And, you know, maybe enough of us are just getting fed up to where we're like, if it's gonna burn to the ground, let's give a shot, let's give a last-ditch effort in a different direction this way and see, you know, what happens. Because if it's gonna go down anyway, let's, let's go down on a high note and not on this crappy crappy low note that we're at. Guys, thanks for listening to the FritzCast this week. I'm sorry if the episode's shorter than you expected and you wanted a longer episode. I, will I get back into the swing of that? Listen, I got a lot going on right now. <laughs> I got a lot going on right now. I'm working a lot, putting in a lot of hard work, tearing up my own floors, among other things. I got a, you know, a uh, a wife that needs my love and attention uh, at a far greater level uh Especially with a little one on the way, and I want to be involved as involved as I can be. So, it it does make things a little bit difficult, but we're gonna tuck it on. We're still gonna do cast and we will. Uh, we, we, as for longer episodes, you know, I'm uh, not gonna make promises, but they're not gone. They're not. They're not gone. They'll be back. Longer and more focused episodes, and maybe, maybe if we're lucky, some interviews too. So follow me on Twitter at FritzQS uh, Facebook.com slash the fritzcast. Do not forget the The And if you need to touch me yeah, or, Wow, if you need to touch me Whoa, that escalated quickly uh, Not if you need to touch me If you need to get in touch with me um, Because I am untouchable podcast at gmail.com I love you all, and I'll see you all next week.